you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. Just like many good parents throughout the history of time, my mom and dad regularly told me to think before you speak. I was certainly one of those kids who spoke rash words that were not the kindest. And that's probably quite an understatement. While that is very good advice from my parents, it can make it sound like there are times where we speak without having anything happening in our minds, that our words can come without thinking. But the truth is, our thoughts precede our words. Words don't just come from nowhere, out of some great abyss somewhere. They proceed from what is in our hearts and minds. So what we are really getting at by saying, think before you speak, is for us to give careful thought before opening our mouths. Stop and think about the thoughts you are having. Here's how one author puts it. While speaking may seem to happen without a lot of thought because it occurs so quickly, psycholinguistics research has actually shown that we do plan our speech in different ways, and we do think in advance to various degrees. As such, we are not doomed to say the first thing that enters our head. We actually do have the ability to control our tongue. And it starts with really listening and comprehending during an interaction before opening your mouth. And then here's more. It's up to us to control our tongue and take responsibility for what emerges from our mouths. Be prepared to think before you speak. Say what you mean. Stand behind your statements and be responsible for them. Learn to find your internal pause button. Now, as Christians, we know we can only control our tongues by the work of the Holy Spirit and His fruit of self-control. But then we do have the ability to pause, to stop and reflect, to plan out what we're going to say next. Remember that this is a mark of a wise person, able to be slow to speak, to not speak rashly or foolishly. But it sure isn't easy to give careful thought to the words we are about to speak. Our emotions get in the way, whether we are quick to anger or quick to anxiety we can react without counting the cost of what our words will do. We also fail to have our mind continually renewed by the Word and the Spirit, so our minds are already bent to say foolish, sinful things. How can we think before we speak when our thoughts are evil, when our thoughts are selfish? We need to think with the mind of Christ in order to speak words that resound to God's glory. So keep learning to hit that internal pause button and think like Jesus so you can speak like Jesus. And then let's dig down deep into yet another communication problem, the problem of judging with our words. One thing we are really good at as human beings is judging other people. Now, there are those who say that Christians should never judge and that judging is sinful and definitely unchristlike. 
So even if we as Christians think something is wrong, we should just keep our mouths shut and not speak words of judgment. But what about being a discerning Christian? Aren't we supposed to examine things to see whether or not they are right or true? Well, as always, we need to go to Scripture to be our sure foundation for our communication struggles. We need to develop biblical definitions in order to know how God would have us to speak and not to speak. So today we'll start in the New Testament, in Galatians 6, 1 through 3. That reads, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Now, we all have Christian friends who get caught up in a sin habit of some kind. The Apostle Paul charges us as the spiritual ones to gently confront our friends with the goal of restoration to Christ, restoration to the truth, restoration to righteousness. So this will require judgment on our part. We must observe that something is wrong before we can help someone get back on the right path. But notice that Paul exhorts us to keep watch on ourselves so that we will not fall into the same temptations that we are judging another about. Verse 3 also references the pride that we can have when we're judging others to be sinners. We can easily forget that we are sinners too. Now listen to the next verse, verse 4. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. The word test used here by Paul is part of what we mean by the word discernment. God calls us to examine ourselves and be very discerning about our own actions, attitudes, and thoughts. If we are not discerning people, we can judge others improperly, in a self-righteous way. Sadly, we can boast that we are not like our neighbor. So in this passage, we are called to communicate in ways that help others repent from sin and turn back to Christ. To have sound judgment in this sense is a good thing. Well, let's move on to another text, 1 Corinthians 11, verses 26 to 28. It reads, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. I know this doesn't sound like a passage that addresses our communication problems, but hang with my logic for a moment. This is a familiar passage to many of us about how to approach the Lord's table, how we are to properly take communion. The Christian is supposed to examine himself. To examine here has the sense of being discerning about whether or not we really have put our faith in Jesus. We are to examine ourselves to see if we are rightly coming to the table with humility, not in pride, but in confession of our own sins. So judgment and discernment begin with self as Christians. 
We aren't to be looking around the church, judging who should or should not be taking the Lord's Supper. Our responsibility is to be discerning of our own hearts and minds first. Which leads us to the rest of Paul's thoughts in verses 29 to 31. He says, For if anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. So there's the actual words discerning and judgment used together. We're to eat the bread and drink the cup only when we understand what the bread and cup are all about. If we don't, we will be judged by God. And how will we be judged? We could get sick and even die from the improper taking of communion. That is serious judgment. Okay, what does this have to do with our communication problems? Well, for starters, it is tempting to be all about judging others with our words rather than being discerning about our own hearts and minds. To put it another way, we need to speak the truth to ourselves about ourselves. This is vital communication. Our self-talk must be a judging talk as Christians. We are to discern what we're thinking. We are to talk to ourselves about our own hearts and minds. Which leads us to the next passage, 2 Corinthians 13, verses 5 to 6, which reads, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test. This confirms what I was just talking about. The Apostle Paul again directs us inward to be discerning about ourselves. We are to test ourselves, examine ourselves. We can either pass the test or fail the test. So while we're told by the world that we cannot be judgmental about how other people live their lives, the Bible tells the Christian to start by judging self. Hold yourself to God's standard first. Question and challenge yourself. So what I'm trying to demonstrate here is that speaking words of judgment in a discerning way begins with how we speak to ourselves. Or another more modern way to put it, We are to exercise more and more self-awareness as followers of Jesus. Oftentimes, we're spending an inordinate amount of time speaking words of judgment against another or against many others when we should be examining ourselves. When we lack good self-awareness, we are not very discerning of others, even if we think we are. If we can't speak words of right judgment to ourselves about ourselves, How can we truly judge others rightly? Okay, now it's time to apply the biblical concepts of judgment and discernment to our communication with other people. Let's go first to Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. It reads, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. 
Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Now we need to stop for a moment and define what it actually means to judge someone. Here is one definition. To judge is to mentally or judicially condemn, conclude, decide, or determine. What's wrong with making a mental decision about whether something is right or wrong? We do it all the time. So that's why paying close attention to what Paul says about judging another person is so important. First, judging others leaves us with no excuse. In other words, if you are judging another and doing the same thing yourself, you are condemning yourself. That makes sense, doesn't it? So if you're calling a friend out for viewing pornography, but secretly doing it yourself, you have absolutely no excuse. If you are judging your spouse for not loving you very well, but you are also withholding biblical love, you are without excuse. Then secondly, we have to always remember that God is the ultimate judge of the universe. We must judge others with God's standards, not our own. Sometimes we speak words of judgment to someone that are not biblical, that are not God's rules of living, but our own. While we may think judgmental thoughts, we must be cautious to speak condemning words when we are using our own standards. Third, we often want God to show us more kindness and grace than we show to others. While we can certainly discern someone is doing wrong things, how do we speak to them about it? Our judgment of their sin must be tempered with grace and mercy. But I want to make the clear point here. Paul is not telling us to not judge others. We simply must do it with personal integrity, with kindness and grace, and with the understanding that God is the one who is the final judge of all men. Well, now let's go to Romans 14, verses 10 through 12. Paul writes, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we all will stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now here are even stronger words about our judgment of others, specifically our Christian brothers and sisters. Paul connects passing judgment to despising your brother. We can often speak words of judgment on others solely based on jealousy, envy, on covetousness, even out of hatred. Personally, I can be really hard on Christians who don't make going to church on Sunday nights and even Wednesday nights a priority. I can even sometimes question their faith or their love for God or their spiritual leadership of their family. But if I really loved them and felt like they were sinning, why am I not talking to them in love, helping them see a better way to live? Am I really discerning about their behavior? Or am I just despising their choices, jealous of their choices? I have to admit, this one's a tough one for me. 
I'm sure you have similar struggles with people in your life. While we need to judge what is right and wrong, we must be aware of our tendency to be judgmental instead. There are many issues that are simply about freedom in Christ, but we can make it law. Now, please don't hear that we should never speak about these things or just let our brothers and sisters live any way they want. We have a Christian responsibility to use our words to confront and to challenge. But as Paul says, we all have to give an account for our own actions. Back to self-talk first, right? Before we start judging others. And remember that our judgment or discernment should lead us to helping others out of love rather than condemning them out of hate. Well, let's look at another passage, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 15 and 16. It reads, The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, the better word for judges here is discerns. As Christians, we have the Spirit of God in us. The Holy Spirit gives us the gift of discernment. We have been given eyes to see what is right and what is wrong, what is true and what is false. By implication, we need to speak up about those things. We need to show forth God's heart of justice as well as his heart of mercy. Instructing others about what is right and wrong is biblical communication at its best. Even though the world says it's wrong or intolerant for Christians to speak up, it's not. We have the mind of Christ. When Paul says no one can judge the spiritual man, he doesn't mean that we perfectly judge and discern all things so we can never be questioned. He simply means that the world cannot understand the things of Christ, so they will misjudge the Christian every time. That is why the world thinks Christians who speak up against abortion or homosexuality or transgenderism are just hateful and intolerant. The truth is we are telling the truth out of love for sinners. So recognize that the Spirit gives discernment that you must speak about to those closest to you. Now they may not understand. Or God may use your words to work in their hearts and bring about change. Well, let's then go on to 1 John 4, verses 1 through 3, where the Apostle John writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into this world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So here are the words of the Apostle John about our need to use discernment to rightly judge whether the spirits are from God or not. But how do we test invisible spirits? What John is getting at is these spirits display themselves in words, in teaching. We are to discern whether someone who teaches, preaches, writes, or talks about Jesus and the things of God are actually speaking the truth about the things of God. And what is the test? If the Spirit confesses Jesus Christ as the Son of God, 
Pretty simple. Well, the communication principle here is that we again need to be reminded we are to speak to others when they are saying or believing things that are not true. You may have a spouse or a parent or a sibling or a friend who is talking about the Lord in ways that are against Scripture. You have a responsibility to speak truth and love to them. We are to be discerning people who actually help others with our words. Sadly, we can quickly judge others, condemn others in our minds, and not seek to speak and exhort. Now, here are some of Jesus' words about judgment. John chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus says, Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Again, for those who say Christians shouldn't judge, Jesus disagrees. There is simply a right and a wrong way to judge others. Boy, talk about communication that is worldly, judging people by their appearances. That is all that Hollywood does, that the media does, that sadly we can do. Judging by appearances is the wrong kind of judgment that shows no discernment. It is simple foolishness. It lacks knowledge. Appearances communicate, that's for sure. But Christians should be seeking to judge the heart and mind. Of course, we can't perfectly know a person's heart or read their minds. But by biblical communication, we can learn a lot about another. So we can help, so we can love, so we can serve them well. We all need to learn to judge with a right judgment, with biblical standards. Well, let's look at just a few more principles. Listen to James 4, verses 11 to 12. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Yet again, we have the very important reminder that there is one ultimate judge. When our hearts are moved by anger, bitterness, jealousy, envy, and the like, we can judge in ways that simply speak evil. Now, that's a true communication problem. And you heard what else James said. We can tend to put ourselves in the position of judge so that we don't actually end up being a doer of the law ourselves. So there's a difference between loving our neighbor and judging our neighbor. Again, this is not simply tolerating evil or sin. This sort of judging comes from a heart that would rather condemn than help. It is sad that we as Christians can speak evil against each other. We must be quick to repent from this sort of communication. Well, let's end with the most familiar passage in the Bible on judging. Maybe we should have started here, but it's a good place to finish this conversation. Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 37, which reads, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Yes, this is the most quoted verse when it comes to judging others with our words. No doubt Jesus is telling us not to judge or condemn others. 
I would argue he is speaking about the sinful kind of judgment like we've been talking about, not all kinds of judgment. Also, he has in mind the judgment that happens when someone has wronged us. We should be much quicker to forgive than to just angrily condemn the behavior. But then we move on to verses 41 and 42. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. This is the right sort of judging we are called to do as Christians with one another. As I open with, we are to start with examining ourselves first. Then we can offer help to get the speck out of our brother's eye. This puts it all in perspective, doesn't it? Judging others isn't about looking down on them. It's about looking with clear eyes of love and being willing to help. These words are especially good for our marriages. We need to be judging self first before quickly wanting to fix our spouse's behavior. How often we think we are seeing someone's sin so clearly when our own sin is clouding our vision and making us very biased. Be the right kind of judge in people's lives, a judge that speaks truth and love, a judge that truly wants to help, not to condemn. One of our greatest temptations as Christians is to become judgmental towards other people. This leads to all sorts of communication problems, including gossip, slander, angry words, etc., as we've said before. Yet we are called as Christians to discern and judge people and situations in order to follow Jesus. We are to help restore others who are trapped in sin. We are to discern with the mind of Christ, recognizing that God is the ultimate judge. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.